Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you're listening to another episode of Hugh I Do, the podcast brought to you by your favorite cousins on the bright side. everyone welcome back to another episode of Hugh I do the podcast that is going to help you cut your budget because you realize that you've kind of gone over a little bit and you know you still got bills to pay and you know student loans have come back and so we got to figure out a way <laughs> to get our money back down so with that, we have a very special guest, someone we've had on the show many, many times, one of our great frienders. Guess, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I think we figured this would be the third or fourth time we've lost track. Uh, my name is Irene Tyndale, and I am the principal planner and owner of Irene Tyndale Wedding and Events based in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome back, Irene. We're so happy to have you. you. So for those that don't know, (laughs) yeah, we are too. So for those that don't know that maybe like this is their first Irene episode, how long have you been in the wedding planning industry? I've been planning wedding and events since I was in college. So about 27, 28 years. And uh, um, in the next month or so, I'll be 11 years in business full time here in Atlanta. Ooh, congratulations. Thank you. That's such a milestone. It is. Last year was 10 years, and we were just like, where are the the kids were three and five when I started my business? Like, wow. Yeah. Like, my daughter would go with me on appointments, and she was itty bitty. Like, she would go to daycare part time, and I would take her with me sometimes on appointments. And those people can't believe she's 13 now. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I love that. Well, again, we're so happy to have you back. We're talking about something that I'm sure you know very, very well. You help the couples out with this all the time. And this is such a popular conversation. It is a part two for those that caught last week's episode of the Cut It series. This one is more about the budget, as you probably figured, but Whereas last week's episode was more about cutting the guest list. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage you to listen after you enjoy our episode with Irene. So now we are getting into everyone's favorite part of the episode, which is this or that. As you know, it is like the Instagram games where you pick between one option or the other and explain why. So Irene, because you are our very, very special guest, you will go first. Then it'll be Tania's turn. Then I'll answer as we circle back for the second round. And then after that, we're going to dive all the way into our conversation. And so to start, think of a gold and teal an emerald wedding so very kind of like jewel tone vibes without like the prettiness of the jewels i guess like you're having kind of like maybe it's a more masculine jewel tone type of wedding but that could be your vibe you know like greens and golds and teals i don't know maybe teal is your favorite color but either way just think of jewel tone okay Mm -hmm. are you going to go with the silver utensils that comes with the catering company that you are going with or are you going to go with black utensils which may cost a little bit more because you have to rent it from a particular place to go with a dual tone wedding my only options are (laughs) black utensils or silver Mm-hmm. Oh, silver, because it's a more, like, I have to go with silver. I wouldn't, okay. I would prefer gold, but I would like to, I would go with silver because black doesn't even sound like it, I don't know, wouldn't do it justice. It would look Halloweenish. Okay. You know, heels and black, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tania, what about you? Are you going to do silver or are you going to do black? I'm honestly with Irene as well. I would prefer gold because that's what I had at my wedding. But I would, (laughs) um, of course, I would go ahead and do the silver as well because it's not that expensive. And of course, I'm trying to cut the budget. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Mm -hmm. black would be like really, really nice. That's something that a lot of people don't do. At least I Mm -hmm. haven't really seen it that much. 
And I'm pretty sure, you know, there's some people out there that will love it. And But it does come with an expense. So, yeah. I love it. I just I love it for those colors. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I will be contrarian just because both of you said silver. I'll go with black. Let's pay that extra amount to get these black utensils because why not? I'm sure somebody listening is like, I'm going with the black utensils. So <laughs> because of you, I am also going with the black utensils. <laughs> okay, not too hard. All right. So still thinking in mind of cutting our budget. Are we going to go with the all-in-one invitation suite where it basically like folds up and whatnot and you can kind of like do the preparation for the RSVP part? Mm. Or are you going to go with the all-in-one media team, meaning the photographer, videographer company that's all rolled in one? Yeah, because you need to photo in your video. Okay. <laughs> this is kind of hard because maybe I'll do the all-in-one invitation suite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'll do that just because we're trying to cut the budget, but mm-hmm. the all-in-one videographer and photographer, I don't know. I don't know if I would want the same person. I don't know. So the question, well, the question is, like, well, the this and that is, are you, which one are you choosing? Which one are you cutting, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I would choose to have the photo and video people and cut, mm-hmm. you know, find something inexpensive to do the invitations and stuff like that. Cause all you have at the end of the day is your photo and video. As long as one person doing it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be a company mm-hmm. doing it all, not one person doing it all. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go with Tania. I'll probably do the invitations as well. I may want two separate companies for my photography and videography. But that's because I think it's okay to spend a little, a little penny on the photography videography. But yeah. that's just my personal feelings. Mm-hmm. I know everyone else doesn't feel that way. And that is okay. But now we're going to get into the episode. We're going to dive all the way into this. Like we said, as you are planning your wedding, you frequently realize that you know, there's a lot of stuff that you may have to cut because you didn't realize how much everything costs in the first place. And quickly you learn that a lot of stuff adds up. And so let's talk about cutting the budget, but not just cutting the budget. <laughs> let's talk about those that are going to stand firm on their guest count on their guest list size for whatever reason, and they're going to find other ways to trim back. So Irene, with that being said, what are some good reasons that you've discovered that people don't cut their guest list for? Because that's one thing that we're always told, cut your guest list, cut your guest list. Sometimes we don't. Well, let me see. I think everyone starts off not realizing how many people they actually know, right? And what you first have to think about is to become one, right? The Bible says to become one, and that's everything. That means your list and his list, her list, everybody's list comes together. And you might have a large family and your significant other may not, or you both come from large families. And when you really look at it, like I spoke to a couple the other day that dad is like one of eight and they're all still close and they're all still alive and they're all married. So, you know, eight times two, cause it's, you know, uncle, aunt, with, you know, with their significant other. And then the first cousins, cause they're close to the first cousins. And, you know, they were like, yeah, the guest list at 200. And I think 150 literally legit are family members. And then there's like 50 to 75 friends, you know, to kind of fit in the, the gap in there. And then you have times where, you know, a, a family is just, it's a political thing. There's a lot of what they know. They're known in the community. They have, they're doctors and lawyers or politicians. And then that's a big guest list. You know, then my older couples, they, you know, couples who are 45 to 50 or 40 to 50 years old, we have a lot of mature couples. And so you think about, they have their families, they have kids. Sometimes they have grandchildren, depending on how old they are. But then they have friends that they've known from like childhood to now as an adult. So that list can get pretty, you know, can get pretty big. And then, uh, you know, before the pandemic, it was like an 80-20. 80% of the guest list would say yes. And 80% of the people you invited were saying yes. 20% would say no. Because we live in Atlanta. And if you live in a like metropolitan city or a fun city to, to visit, people make a weekend out of it and they make a vacation out of it. So the more yeses come. Well, since the pandemic, you know, 2020, 2021, especially black and brown people, we haven't been able to gather like we normally would gather, right? We haven't done the, the large showers or the, or the reunions or 
the graduations, unfortunately, the funerals have, have been smaller over the years. So, you know, mid 2021 20, and 22, I saw more 90% saying yes and 10% saying no and actually coming. And, and then culturally as well, like Nigerian weddings are large. And then over time that, you know, they were just postponing their weddings to later because they're like, I, I can't cut this list because all these people mean something to myself or to my parents or to my husband, you know, my future husband's um, family. And so it's hard to cut the guest list. And that's when we have to have those hard conversations. We're like, okay, I'm good, but I can't, you know, squeeze a dollar out of 15 cents. It's like, I had a wedding one time that we had our consultation and I let them tell me everything that they were wishing for. And I'm like, okay, great. So, you know, we went through the whole conversation. They told me their vision and I made, took all my notes and, you know, I was like, okay, so what's the investment? Like, what are you looking at investing? You know, 150 guests. And at the time, I'm like, well, you just painted, you know, a hundred to hundred fifty thousand dollar vision to me for 150 guests, and they were like, oh, I was like, they were like, well, we did our research, and such and such directory said that on average thirty eight thousand to forty five thousand, and I was like, not for what you just painted. You want to be at the Four Seasons, you want to have, you want it to look like the Atlanta Botanical Gardens inside. You want fireworks to go off at the, you know, like you all these things that you that you described and you showed mm-hmm. me. That is not that. That that survey was not taking that to account. And they're like, oh. And then they came back and when the guest list was done, it was two hundred and fifty people on the guest list. And I said, More money needs to come out. And they went mm-hmm. from hundred they went to almost three hundred thousand because it, it, it for all the ones that she wanted and the guest list could not be cut anymore. So yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard. But it's like it's a it's if you know you cannot cut your guest list, you gotta figure mm-hmm. out how you want to pay. <laughs> Wow. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. fact that it went to two, no, no, to 300,000? Mm-hmm. Like what? It doubled. It doubled. Yes. It doubled. Because you, you oh my you, gosh. You know, and, and you don't know what you don't know, right? You do research. Yeah, of course. Call yourself yeah. doing research. And Pinterest tries this thing now where it kind of tells you, it's supposed to be telling you how much things cost or a bold apart figure, but it's not. You know, you look on Instagram. And you get you get excited. You see all these beautiful weddings, and it's kind of like the reality is the cost is high, depending on where you live, the time of the year, all that stuff. So the research, I think, it's just a research with start with hearts in your eyes because you're in love and you're excited and you can't wait to marry this person, and you can't wait to have this beautiful fairy tale wedding. And in, unless you know, you know, you don't know. And and the reality is, we don't share that information. Our communities don't share that information with each other. Like the moms are not the, not the country club sitting down talking to say, so Ashley, I know you married your daughter off last year. What did that cost? And you, you know, that doesn't happen within our community. It's kind of like the homeboy network, you know, like well, I paid mm-hmm. this to this vendor and I paid this and I had, you know, somebody called me the day and they're like, I want a wedding at uh, Ritz Carlton, the Biltmore, like it's named all my favorite, like I love all these ballrooms. I love a good ballroom. And they were like, yeah, but my budget is 20,000. I was like, for 200 people, ma'am. And she wasn't young. And I said, ma'am, no, she was in her 40s. I said, ma'am, well, my friends, how are people having $10,000 weddings? I was like, not what you named. I said, you couldn't even, you couldn't even feed the people for $20,000 at, at the St. Regis or the, the Ritz-Carlton. Right. She's like, well, how do you know that? I was like, because I do weddings there often. And I'll tell you right now that on average, for 100 people, you're spending $50,000 for a season. On, on, and that's if, if you don't go crazy. And you're doing it off season. And I negotiated a good deal for you. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, there's factors. It's 155 to 200 and some change per person plus plus at each of those places. Mm-hmm. Wow. And wow. so when someone has a wedding there, they're not telling you that. Yeah. They're not telling you how much they spend for that. They're just posting the picture. Money, it's hard to talk about. It's people have mm-hmm. trauma with it. You know, mm-hmm. women, women, sing, you've been single for a long time. My money is my money. What am I doing with this? Like, it's just so many things. I also think that parents make it so hard for their children when it comes to wedding planning. It's like, just tell me what you have and tell me what you don't have. Because the most frustrating question for me is like, I think my parents are contributing. You're having contractual conversations with people. You're about to go into contract with people and you don't even know what the overall budget is. You don't know how much mom and dad, auntie, whoever Mm -hmm. is giving. You don't know. You haven't even had that heart-to-heart conversations because when if, if I'm on the phone with the bride 
for a discovery call, I'm like, have you talked to your fiance? Like, have you all discussed your desires, your vision? They're like, no, well, not really. I was like, okay, so you're, you're going to throw me into this mess. And be like, who is this lady? We haven't even had our one-on-one about what our wants and desires are. You could have been talking about it, you know, like hypothetically when we get engaged and we get married, this is what we want while you're dating. But there's mm-hmm. a difference between men and women. I feel like the minute we saw Cinderella running down the stairs, losing a slipper, we thought about weddings, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. Disney. Disney did a real good job, like what a wedding should be. That was our first picture of weddings as little girls, right? And, or unless you were a flower girl as a little girl, because I feel like every little girl who's a flower girl, itty bitty is like, her eyes are like, oh my goodness, look at this, right? But no one really has the money conversations. Like, what can you really do? Like we started planning our yeah. wedding. We were fresh out of college, maybe a year or so out of college. And we, we planned a wedding. We started planning a wedding with what we could afford. And then our parents said, your plans are cute. But that's not what we envisioned. And mm-hmm. it was one of those things like, you know, my husband's only child. And so this was their one time to, they're like, this is it. We're not going to get to do this again. It, but it was a conversation. It's like, okay, well, we will handle catering. We will handle this. And then it was funny because we, we're not huge drinkers. So we we're going to just do a beer and wine in the signature drink. And it was like the mob. It was like, they were like, no, we can't do that. How are we going to fight all these people here from New York and the islands and, and we're going to give them beer and wine. I'm like, it could be beer and wine. It's going to be fine. And it was like a whole sidebar conversation. Somebody in the family jumped in and, you know, paid for the bar. Um, and then we were, you know, we were saving up money and life happens. Like we were saving up money and Something happened with the refrigerator at the new house we bought, and something happened with his car. We had to get a new car, and we loved the car. And we're like, oh, we're not going to get a limo to take us anywhere. We're just going to drive away in his car, old school. They're like, no. And some, you know, and it was just like we were practical, and then people were jumping in. But I know couples are like calling me crying, like, well, my mom said she was going to pay for the rehearsal dinner, and now she's not. You know, and it's kind of like I feel like we just have a lot of trauma about around money, and nobody wants to talk about it. We tiptoe around it, like, well, who's going to mm-hmm. pay this? So it has to be paid. <laughs> it's like, and you are going into, into, it's a contract. It's a business deal that you're making with someone. And, you know, I get couples who, who hire us after the fest. Like, well, can you renegotiate this? I'm like, well, well you already signed. I'll try my, my, my best and see what additional amenities I can get because of our contacts and connections or, you know, concessions and things like that. But you can't no one boil a contract that you've signed and made a deposit and there's a countersign, you know. Very much so. I think also parents forget that like weddings cost more than they did 30, 40 plus years ago. So it was not $15,000 for 125 people at the Mm -hmm. church or the Marriott, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) and then you have to look at like who everybody chipped in. There's a time that everybody chipped in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, 40, 50 years ago, you're right. They said, I do in the sanctuary and walk right down over to the fellowship hall or to the gymnasium. And the ladies from the church and your mama's friends and all the auntie and thems, they set up the tables. The buffet Mm -hmm. was done by the mama of the church or someone at the church or the mommy at the church because, you know, my mom has cooked plenty of food and my grandmother for church weddings and baptisms and, and, you know, first communions and all that stuff for friends and family, you know, not getting paid, just doing it out of the kindness of their heart. You know what I'm saying? And it's just a different world. And and I had one grandmother tell me, she's like, girl, I said, I do upstairs. We went down in the rectory and we had some punch and some cake and those little almond, I love them things. Some little hard, hard almond candies. They put a little knit bag and that was all we had. And everybody went home and I went off to my one night at the Marriott. It was no even oh anymore. And that and was it. Was nice. <laughs> and she said, and we were married for 50 something, almost 60 years. And I was like, right. And you, she just, you know, they, they brought this grandmother to do the tasting with us. And she said, she remembers like, you know, her friends having tastings, her friends who have parties, like bigger weddings. She said they, it was like a little bites. Like that's how you would have like a little bite of the cake. That's was the tasting. This was like a full meal. Grandma ate hat, like ate a few bites and took the rest home for like dinner that night and lunch the next day. And she was like, this is just such a different world. My grandma was like, yeah, you said I do. You ran out the church, you tossed your bouquet. You just kept going. That's how it was a different time. So you're mm-hmm. right. Like that 10, yeah. 15,000 compared to, you know, 40, 50, 60 plus. It's, it's, it's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Now, what are some non-negotiable wedding expenses? Well, listen, you, you have to figure out where you're going to say I do, right? Like that's whether you're going to have it at the church where, or, you know, your church or temple synagogue, you know, your place of worship, or you're going to have, I always say, where are you saying I do? So like whether it's going to be in the same location and they're just flipping a room or it's in the courtyard or whatever. So a location is a non-negotiable. But then again, that's people are getting married in their homes. People are getting married you know, on family estate properties, or they're getting married in the, in the mountains. I mean, there's different places, but you need a place to say I do and a place to say you have your reception, right? So that's kind of a non-negotiable. What we've been running into a lot lately is people are wanting to cut their budget with catering and going with personal chefs versus a full production catering company. And that you might save money on one end, but all of a sudden you see yourself having to worry about who's bussing those tables, like who's clearing the tables, who is um, cutting your wedding cake, whether you're going to have plastic. I don't care how much China makes something look cute. It's still plastic wear, right? You know, that's cute for Thanksgiving if you're having 20, 30, 40, 50 people, but not for your wedding, in my personal opinion. You know, especially if everything's beautifully decorated and then you have that. So people are cutting... In places that are very important, they try to cut with photography and go with six to eight hours packages. And then they're rushed because the six to eight hours package works if you're having a simple, maybe an intimate wedding, maybe not so many bridesmaids and groomsmen. Maybe you have one location, everything's happening there. Six to eight hours works. But if you're a couple that you're GQing on your Instagram all day, every day, you are reeling all the time and your engagement, your, your engagement shoot would look like a movie reel or a movie trailer you, and you're having all these people, you can't have an eight hour packet, 10 minimum. I tell my couples, please, I beg of you have, especially if you're not doing a first look, if we ain't doing a first look, you have to do 10 hours so that you can get all the photos that you can get in. We're building a whole time. So I would say, of course, your location, but be mindful for your location. Cause we have a lot of couples who tend to become venue poor because they get these fabulous venues and don't understand all the plus pluses and all it takes to make that place look what it needs to look like. Cause you could be at Southern exchange with these beautiful chandeliers, but if you put these little, you put five, five cylinders on the table, it's going to look like you spend no money. It's just the aesthetics of it all. Right. So your location, of course your catering, cause you want to feed people. Cause this is what, it, this is what it is. If your food is bad, and you don't have a good bar, they're going to talk about you. But if your food is okay and you have a great bar, the venue is beautiful and the DJ is amazing, they won't remember the food. Mm -hmm. But if, if it's like, if your venue is okay, your decor is okay, the caterer is okay, your photographer might be amazing, but what are they shooting and what are they, photo you know, they, they capturing if all those things don't go into place? So I would say, you know, non-negotiable expenses are make sure you get a great venue that you could afford, that you feel comfortable in, easy, accessible, that you love, fits who you are as a couple, making sure that you get a good caterer, a full service caterer that has a full staff or at least good staff is clearing tables, taking out the trash. They're not nickel and diming you for everything, but they're full package. It may cost you a little bit more than, you know, than the chef, chef uh, ABC down the street. But at least you'll have everything you need. You won't have to worry about getting buying your own cups and your own plates and all that stuff. Entertainment, right? Because you want somebody if you are if you love music and your people love to dance. Like I had to find somebody that could play salsa and merengue just as well as reggae and soca, and then some old school hip hop in there and some new stuff hip hop. Like I just had to find somebody that could play all of them, right? Because that's our families and our dance floor was packed the whole night. Like that's my favorite is having a DJ that could read the room. And again, not your college best friend who used to DJ the club parties. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because they don't know how to make announcements. They don't know how to introduce the bridal party. They're playing music, not radio-friendly music. And grandma's looking at me like, <laughs> you know, there could be a different party once grandma leaves. And we want to do that because we've done that too. We've like, okay, grandma's going to leave at this time. After this time, we could turn up. Listen, respectfully, we could do that because we've done that plenty of times it's like a wedding after dark is what we've done before but like good dj good photographer don't let that go and be mindful of your decor right because if you want something pretty there's ways around it be open to quality silk flowers be open to candles but knowing that that stuff is a little bit inexpensive but still not the way people think oh it's isn't it cheaper just to go with greenery or isn't it cheaper just to go with baby's breath and i'm like oh at one point it was but whatever becomes is it's the supply and demand it's become trendy now so anything that's trendy 
goes up in price. It just does. So it's kind of like, you know, what's that? But what I tell all couples, ladies, is that what are your top three things? Really think about what are the top three things? Like I had a couple who had the money to do elaborate decor, but they were like, we just want a simple tabletop decor. We want a killer band. They paid $8,000 for a Stevie Wonder cover band. Amazing. And a top shelf bar. Because that was what was important to them. So I'm always like, give me your three priorities. Is it photos? Is it, I want it to look like the Atlanta Botanical Gardens? Is it food? Is it entertainment? What are the top three things that are, and I ask them both the question, if they're both on the call. Because I want, it's always different, right? Sometimes they're on the same accord and sometimes it's different. And it's like, oh no, I want my people up dancing the whole time. I want the room to look like this. You know, and you have to know what it is that you want. And then you can book from there. Your top ticket price is going to be that reception and catering. It's just 40 to 50% is your venue and catering. They'll take up a good chunk of your budget. I agree wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Um, Partially because, you know, like the price that they place on the website, like to rent out the venue, that's just Mm -hmm. like that part. But they don't include the venue manager, the housekeeper, like they don't include any of that. So pluses. No, they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like the venue itself for the night, maybe 5,000. But then once they add all of their fees, it can be 20,000 easily. (laughs) Because some of these venues also provide the bar. Right. And they, mm-hmm. they, yeah. they don't allow you, they allow you to bring an outside caterer that's licensed and insured. Mm-hmm. Right. They mm-hmm. allow you to, or to pick from their, from their preferred vendor list, but the bar has to be through them. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's an easy, like I've seen like that $7,000 rental go up to 20 because mm-hmm. you have a bar. Then you're like, oh, I don't want a four hour reception. I want a five hour reception. Oh, I want to flip. I want to go. I want this room to go from ceremony to reception. Well, that's another, and that's another, and that's another. Yep. And so that's why yeah. you need to know all of that up front. And you need to know, okay, what is your, like, I have this much booked for that. I have this much booked for that. And I see so many people pick the venue and they love the venue and they have no money for anything else. No money. for, And they're literally trying to nickel and dime everybody else and, and calling me like, well, my caterer doesn't have a license. And I'm like, well, you better go find somebody else because um, basically you're not going to let them come in here without a li- being licensed and insured. Mm-hmm. Nope. This ain't a barbecue, like no, this... exactly. <laughs> it's liability, especially if you're in a city. Yeah, that's what uh-huh. I was thinking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I had someone ask me one time, "Well, can you put it under your insurance?" No, ma'am. No. I have bigger insurance, and that's that's for me and mine. Like that's for myself and my staff. You know, as our team has grown, that policy has grown. You know, and I'm like, but no, that's the first thing they ask you when I'm going through it with the insurance people. Are you hanging things off ceilings? We we don't do full. We don't do that. We help set up things and help the florist, but we're not on staffles and and risers and stuff like that. They ask us all that. Mm-hmm. Are you selling or preparing food? Nope. Are you selling or preparing alcohol? Nope. Because there's a completely <laughs> different liability and certifications and all that stuff that you need. And this yeah. people get sued if the food ain't good and somebody gets sick you can get sued the, the venue can get sued it's, it's a lot of stuff weddings it's a what six you know six billion dollar industry you know it is understand it understand yep. why don't be ashamed to ask questions and if someone seems annoyed if a, if a venue or a vendor seems annoyed that you're asking questions then they're not the one for you because it's this i answer the same questions day in day out i had a catering sales manager one time that i had to call the owner and 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 I don't do that often, right? Because I work it out. So everyone's going through something. But I had a couple of instances with this particular salesperson at a catering company. And it was kind of like, she was like, well, I already explained that to the bride. Because I was confirming. We were wedding day management. So we came in the 10, 10 weeks before. So I was firming things up and I was asking my bride questions. Who was in med school? So she, she over here dicing up cadavers. Like she's not worrying about her wedding. She's like, I can't remember. It was a linen question. And I was like, okay, well, you don't stress yourself out. I'll call and ask them. She's like, well, I've already responded that to her three. I've already told her that three or four times. I said, now, you know, you and I do this every day, all day. We do that. We, I tell my husband jokes. And I was like, I get married every weekend. Like I watch people get married every weekend, basically. And I'm like, they don't know. They don't know what the difference between a 120 and 132 inch round. They, you know, they just don't. So don't be afraid to ask questions. This is your money. This is your parents' money. This is personal money. Ask the questions. Um, and just like Tini said, what's the plus plus? <laughs> your website says five. Is it five or is it five plus 
plus and what is your plus plus and ask those questions. And that's for every vendor that you talk to. Yeah, basically. Who are the other vendors or service providers that one can select to kind of get the most, I guess, bang for their buck per se? I personally like, listen, the older I get, the more I pay for convenience. So I like to work with companies that might do a few things under one umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go with a floral designer who's also, you know, touches anything that's pretty, meaning draping, lighting, rental furniture, you know, renting the furniture, uh, floral, uplighting, spotlighting, all that kind of stuff. And, And we can go with one company that we could work together to create an entire vision for your wedding day. That is golden. Because then it, it, especially for, we tend to work with a lot of corporate and corporate couples, you know, couples that are getting second and third degrees, you know, 50% of our couples don't even live in town. They live somewhere else and maybe a parent lives here. So I try to make it as easy as possible for them. So that's a great way to also save money because one person is getting it all, has it all under one umbrella, either a, they have the inventory already in stock. So they don't have to outsource it or they have such great relationships with the rental companies and you don't have to worry about all the plus pluses when it comes to like having, if you have 10 different design vendors, that's 10 different delivery fees that you're doing versus one company that may be bringing it all. It's a higher ticket. It seems like a higher ticket, but it turns out not to be. And things tend to be cohesive. Same thing with photography and videography. I like to find teams that do it all. And they have a, you know, they have their, fo- it's one, what's one umbrella, but then they have the photographers, they have the videographers and they all work together. So when they're putting, when they're editing your videos and your film and your pictures, it's going to be cohesive because it's the same company and it's, they have a certain kind of look and that kind of thing that works out really well. When it comes to DJs, I love the DJs. They say, Hey, we can offer DJ service. DJ, you know, comes with a beautiful booth. It, the DJ can be your MC as well. They can provide a photo booth. They can provide sparklers, uplighting, the gobos, TVs. If you want to have your pictures going, like as long as they could do anything with to do with AV or you know special visual effects or whatever special effects, that kind of thing. I love doing that. Now, me personally, because I our our team as planners, we love logistics. We we also design. My team and I help you make sense of your thousand pins that you pinned, all your Instagram things that you've been saving um, or, or magazine clippings you've been saving because I'll have people send me pictures of things that they've, they've liked or articles they've looked at. And we help you make sense of all that and, and pin down your vision board per se or your mood board per se for the wedding itself. And then we go find the best teams out there to execute that and we work well with them. But for us, doing the planning and the floral just we tried it maybe once or twice and I'm like, we are too deep into logistics and directing and executing, um, you know, throughout the process that it was just too much. It was just too much. You know, now there are some companies out there that they have their planning and production company and they have an entire department of, you know, a floral team and they have a department of planners. That's great. So just making sure that, you know, that everybody has it. But, you know, there's some people like, oh, the caterer says he could do the catering. They could do the flowers. They could do the, you know, they could do the planning. That's great if they have full departments because we have a few of those um, catering companies here in Atlanta. They can do it all, but it's not one person doing it all. It's, you know, a team of people doing it all because I've seen people like, wait, how are you going to direct the wedding, make the bouquets, do this art that you just promised? And it, and look decent and not look like you're running around. I just know. So, yeah. you know, just who's on your team? <laughs> especially for, especially if you're not cutting down that guest list and you have 200 people and 10 bridesmaids and 10 groomsmen. And no, it's, you, you have to have people that everyone has to have a role. Also, we need to see the people. Don't just say, oh yeah, we got this person doing this. We got this person doing this. We got this person doing this because you can name names, but I need to see faces. Like I need to see who's all on your team. Listen, we all have to start somewhere. You know, and I know planners listen to this as well as, as couples do. And it's like, we all have to start somewhere, but be honest with people. If you're a couple that's going to give somebody a shot, they're just starting out, have grace for them, but also don't have extremely high expectations. If you're having a 250 person wedding, you have 20 people in your wedding party, one planner cannot do all that. 
Listen, we had intimate weddings in 2020. They had 25 people and there were still three of us there. Everything was exactly the same except the number of people. It was still big production. It was still moving people around doing this, even though there was only 25 guests. It was still a lot of moving parts. And there was 25 of us. Wow. Yeah. I like what you said. I like that. We need to see the people. <laughs> we need a Brady Bunch, the, the Brady Bunch uh, tile post. Like, I need to see everybody, physically see them. Yes. I tell all my couples on Discovery Calls, I don't, I'm, I'm good, but I don't do all this by myself. There is a full team behind me. And I also have a great Rolodex of colleagues that, God forbid, because life happens while we're out here planning your weddings and preparing to cater for your weddings and making these flowers. Life happens because we are parents. We are children because we have our own parents. For spouses, life happens. You know, we get into car accidents on the way to weddings. I mean, it, it happens all the time, unfortunately. And so I have a small Rolodex of people who you will miss me, but you won't miss me. You know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like you will miss me, but believe me, everything will be executed perfectly. So yeah, you're right. You got to see those real people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So off peak or weekday wedding dates to reduce venue and vendor costs. What do you think about that? You know, I actually have had weddings on like Mondays. I've had a few Monday weddings. I've had a Thursday wedding. Um, it was so funny. We had a couple who were Jewish and it was Memorial Day and they actually got married on Monday on the Memorial Day itself. And it was so much fun because they couldn't get anything on Sunday and it was, they got it on Monday and it was, I was like, this is perfect. I had a bride get married on a Monday as well because they were Jewish and they keep Sabbath and you know a bunch of other things and I've had some people get married on Monday because they're in the wedding and events industry or the food industry and Monday just worked out for the restaurant the parents restaurants to be closed on a Monday versus a Sunday we've done that and then you know it's people they're doing Thursday night weddings you know that that kind of thing to me if you give people ample heads up do a good save the date those are supposed to be there will be there that, and that's with any wedding. I tell every couple, don't fret. I am a firm believer that who is supposed to be in that room will be in that room on that day. And that's not shading anybody else who couldn't make it, but who is supposed to be in that room will be in that mm-hmm. room. I believe that. Whether you're having it on a Monday, mm-hmm. whether you're having it on a Thursday, whether you're having it on a Sunday, whatever day it is, they will be in the room who's supposed to be in the room. Don't have to hold anything against anybody else. It's just, if it's a Monday, that that's a good thing. If it's a Thursday. And one time we did a Wednesday wedding. Which weekday weddings always throw me off because I'm like, what day of the week is it? Like, I'm I'm thinking today is Saturday. No, I still got a full week ahead of me. But we had a Wednesday wedding one time. It was an older couple because they started dating. And soon after they started dating, his mom passed. So but while they were dating, they realized that their moms had the same birthday. And so they got married on their mom's birthday. And they're both their mom. At that point, both their moms had passed. And um, they got married on their mom's birthday. And that when he proposed the following year, you know, a few months later was a Wednesday. They were from New York. They went to college here. I think they went to Morehouse and Spelman. They went to college here back in the day. And they're like, let's have it back in Atlanta. We still have a lot of friends in Atlanta. They invited a hundred people and they were like, Irene, these people are not coming. It's a Wednesday. We have family from everywhere. And 90 people were in that room on a Wednesday. And they partied like you would have thought it was a Saturday night. They were shocked. They called me like, 90 guesses. I'm like, oh my gosh, people came in on Monday, people came in on Tuesday, people stayed for the week, for the rest of the weekend. And it was just beautiful to see it. We had a four o'clock ceremony, a band, they, they danced to like nine thirty, ten o'clock. They had a blast and it was a Wednesday night because it was a special day for them. You know, so that's, that's, mm-hmm. the, you know, you decide when you want to, you know, when you want to do it and you do it then, you know, but we've had a few Monday weddings, which is completely throws us off. <laughs> of the week i love it though i would love it now off peak season you just have to investigate your area right so here in georgia spring you know mid you know spring to early summer is busy so i would say april may early june is busy because the weather is decent right the weather is really good it's not too hot end of june july august it is too hot in the south to get married because it's just hot you know, if you want to have an outdoor wedding, it's hot. If you're all inside and everything's indoors, you're great. It's great. And then the, it picks back up Labor Day to right before Thanksgiving. It picks back up here, though. So those, so off peak tends to be January, February, early March, summertime. So if you're open to those and you're looking, you know, if it's the middle of summer, July, and you're indoors, that's fine. You could be fine. Just make sure that that venue you, you're at has really good air conditioning, right? And you ain't taking too many pictures outside and 
If you do grooms out there, please have an extra shirt in the summertime. I always make sure all my grooms and grooming groomsmen have extra uh, white dress shirts because if you take pictures outside, you'll be hot in July here in the South because it's humid. And then, you know, up north, it's like tends to be spring and all of summer because the weather is really good. Same thing for like the mid, you know, like Chicago and those areas like that. But like, I feel like the southeast and California tends to have beautiful weather all year long. So you can get married all year long. But everyone, every area has peak season. And that's something that you could talk to the venue about when you're calling the venues and the vendor. Like the venue is where you normally would start. If you don't go with the full planning uh planner a planner who's going to help you from start to finish you go with the venue first and just call them be like you know we just got engaged and we want to get married in 2024 or even 2025 what's off season for you all when it's not so busy um you know is it cheaper for friday and sunday than saturday and being open to that and if you're open to that then you don't have to cut the guest list right and everyone's always worried, like, well, what if I have it on a Friday? What if you have it on a Friday? You invite 250 guests. They can't make it on a Friday. You might have 190. So you have either a little extra money to upgrade those chairs or that bar, or you have money to put back in your pocket. <laughs> you know, like, it's either here or there, you know. But when saying that all is something that I learned in all my years of catering sales at hotels. And I know hotel people, if you're listening, tap your, close your ears, earmuffs. Don't go in there, ladies and gentlemen, telling them that your guest list is that, that you're you're going to have 200 people in the room. No, you're inviting 200 people. Because if you tell them 200 people, they're going to do your contract based on 200 people and say 150 come or 145 come, or you haven't finalized that guest list and you just told the such and such hotel 200 people, your food and beverage minimum is based on what you tell them sometimes. Now, if they have a flat food and beverage minimum and it's non-negotiable, then that's different. But if they have a food and beverage minimum that they base it on the number of guests that you're having, got to be careful because you're contractually responsible for that amount. Even if, if you tell them 250 and only 190 come, you're responsible for 250. So you could either A, give them the money and say, you know, you're welcome. Here's some extra money. Or you could upgrade your hors d'oeuvres. You could upgrade your bar. You know, you could add more food. But you're, you have to be real careful about those, those guarantees and that fluctuality that you have there, you know. It's, that's huge. That bites a lot of people because they don't understand that. Mm, all great points there. I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> pen and paper, pen and paper. That's how you should start this episode. Y'all grab your pens and papers, because pen and paper, because <laughs> it's a lot. All right. So final question, and we could do this more of kind of like a, a fast round yeah. where... Because this, I think, like everything you've said, you've given us so much great, great information. But just like if one were wondering, like, what are just some non-essential things that I just don't need? Like Instagram and TikTok and the magazines and all the places to make you think you need certain things. But if you are really just trying to get to the nitty gritty, you just trying to get married and you want your people there. What are the things that you absolutely don't need? Listen, you don't need favors because I can't tell you how many times at the end of the night, there was a ton of favors and I've had the father of the bride go toss that stuff away. Nobody wants, I don't want that at the house. I don't want to see another koozie. I don't want to see another coaster. Like <laughs> we had one wedding that's give out uh, beer mugs with their names on it. And we had like maybe Ugh. 50 or 60 left over the day. I was like, I don't want that house. We're gonna be, what am I going to do with 50, 50? He said, get rid of it. I said, I need you to, he said, you and I, we give them all away. <laughs> it was just like, there was nothing left. You know, that kind of thing. You don't need, technically you don't need programs. You know, depending on, you, you, can, you can possibly do away with a menu card per person. And I know my stationary people are like cringing. I love you. But so many times I've seen those programs on the floor. And anytime I see programs on the floor at the end of the ceremony, I think of dollars. Each program has a, has a monetary value. Like, and then being the, the planner, I'm like, that was two fifty. <laughs> you know, like, cause I know the cost and you start adding the cost. Like that could have been, that could have been a signature drink, you know, like, you know, just thinking like that, like just really thinking about it. Like there's ways around it. You could do a seating trial, let people find their own way. You could do a couple of menus per, you know, per table. If it's a buffet, like there's just ways around that, right? You don't have to have all the, the plus pluses that you do for bridesmaids, right? Like half the time when the bride is talking about getting all these gifts for her bridesmaid, my, my poor grooms look at me like, 
I'm supposed to do something for my boys other than just like hang out and that's it. And I'm like, yeah, if you don't want to, you don't have to, but going all out, you can get them a little gift or whatever, but going crazy and buying them like three, $400 worth of gifts each, each time. You don't have to do that. Um, you know, have to do a big wedding cake. You don't even have to do a full wedding cake. You could do tea, you could do desserts. And honestly, I love when we get a small little baby cake and then a bunch of little desserts because that goes faster. And then you have little boxes if people want to take stuff to go versus like a five, six tier cake, four tier cake that only it's a piece of pieces get eaten of it. And then you have all this cake. And as a planner, I'm giving this all to your parents who live in another city. And they're like, what am I supposed to do with all this cake? I don't know. And most of the time, if they're able to, if they're having something the day after, they'll take it. But most of the time, they just leave it to the staff to eat. <laughs> it's just like, leave it in the kitchen. Y'all can eat it. We don't want it. So just, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, it's great to have sparklers and fog and all that other extra stuff. But is it necessary? No, it's not necessary. And also, really, really look at it. Start being original, everyone out there. Start being original. Like, fine. Talk to your uh, DJ, talk to your photo booth companies and say, what is new out there? Like, what are y'all doing? What's coming up for 2024? Listen, I know we're doing shout outs in a little bit. Shout out to, to Berlin at Shutterbooth because Berlin is always coming up with something new and like new and innovative, like something that you haven't seen 500 times. Like, I don't want any more clouds and I don't want any more sparkles because it's done too much now. <laughs> like, I just don't. And my couple, I'm like, no, you don't need no, because it's been done, you know. So just just those little things, and I think um, the garter people are not doing the garter and the bouquet toss. They're not worrying about that stuff. A lot of my groomsmen, a lot of my groom and groomsmen are getting nicer suits with nice lapels and stuff like that. That you don't need boutonnieres either, because you know that's twenty five thirty dollars times whatever number of people you have. So mm-hmm. that was great. Yeah, those are all really really good things set to cut off the list. And there, and that's the thing. It's like. It's kind of like, you know, as a business owner, you, you, you put together your budget, you know, your business budget, but you forget about the, the subscriptions like $5, $6, $3. Like, you know, that all starts adding up times 12, you know, that kind of thing. But if you're like, okay, I have 250 people. If a, if a, if a program is 250 to $5, depending on the times that many people, even if it's half, that can go towards something else. Because what people tend to forget is that you still have your um, your clothing. You have alterations. You know what I'm saying? You have your hair and makeup. You have his grooming. Like there's a lot of other little miscellaneous things that pop up. There's sometimes people add it to the mass, like the main budget, and sometimes it's a separate budget, right? And then, or they're doing they do all of this elaborate stuff for their attire, and then everything else is falling flat in the wedding. So you it, so it's kind of like finding where places that you can cut. They're not important. A lot of my couples are not doing, um, mail, like mail RSVPs. So like we will mail out a, a, a full traditional wedding invitation with a details card and a details card will have information for you to RSVP online. And that's a way to save money, way to save money because we don't have to have the RSVP card and the return stamp. So that's kind of like, you know, and that's the workaround for the couples who want to send their invitations electronically. And the parents are like, no, it's just like fully electronic. And I'm like, no, let's do a beautiful physical invitation, but then we can have them respond electronically, which is fine. Whether, you know, there's so many different methods to do that now. I mean, definitely do mm-hmm. that. Perfect. Yes. All right. Well, and you've already shouted out someone, but <laughs> Irene, <laughs> who would you like to shout out this week? This week, of course, I just said Shutterbooth Berlin. That just came to me, which is great. But my other ones that I was at, Andre Brown Photography, based in Atlanta, but he has a lens and will travel because Andre has shot internationally. He's amazing. Touring with Exquisite Sound and their entire team. Again, they are full service entertainment company and ones that are always looking a way to do something new and innovative, which I love. And then one of my favorite florists that's like, intimate boutique Flores, but does an amazing thing is Lux and Bloom, Tony with Lux and Bloom. So those are my three for this week. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Irene, for anyone that's listening that wants to inquire about your services and for anyone that just wants to know what all is going on in your world, where can people find you? On Instagram, I'm itindaleevents. 
And um, my website's IreneTindale.com. You know, give give me a call or send in an inquiry if you have any questions, especially if you're in the beginning stages of planning and you just need to talk to somebody about this budget because we all have 30, 45 minute discovery calls with people just because they're like, well, I had no idea. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a lot. And them blogs and directories don't really tell you all you need to know. They really no. don't. No. You they all really, really are the only ones that I know of that I'm like, have you listened to this podcast? Have you listened? You know, like someone's confused about something. I'm like, after I get off the call, I'm like, here, copy and paste. Listen to this. <laughs> like, we, you all are having real conversations with real life vendors and real life couples. And you're like, you know, culturally mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, it's it's having conversation. And, and sometimes I'm like, I've talked to three planners and you're the only one that's actually taking the time to not, you know, and I've had people say that people have laughed at my budget. I'm like, well, you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes you come up with the budget, literally, right. you pulled it out of a hat. That's like, not, yeah. Is that a real budget? Like, no, I just didn't know. Or I had to pick something on your thingy and that's all I picked. I really don't know what I'm spending. Even the moms will call. They're like, I have no clue how much this is going to cost me. So it's, it's, a, it's a hard topic, but it's a... You have to have this conversation, ladies and gentlemen, before you make one phone call. Don't be on these streets asking people for quotes that you can't afford. Completely agree there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much again um, mm-hmm. to all of our wonderful listeners. Thank you for listening to another episode. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Don't forget to follow us everywhere you can. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even YouTube. You can find us at H-U-I-D-O-W-E-D, which is Who I Do Wed, or at Hugh I Do Pod, which is H-U-E-I-D-O-P-O-D, on pretty much any of those platforms. In addition to that, if you want to know more about any of the amazing wedding vendors we've shouted out or any of the really cool wedding vendors we've had on the show as guests or just some awesome wedding vendors in general that maybe you don't know of, head to find.huido.com. There you're going to find over 600 wedding vendors that can help take you to your happily ever after. And no matter where you listen to Hue I Do, if you could, please leave us a review. It will help other bride-to-be's and other people in the wedding planning space find a podcast that speaks to them as much as Hue I Do speaks to you. 